0: tuned into to PBAFM on 89.7 with Bianca Vlahos. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. I'm very happy to welcome our special guest who's featured on the program quite a few times now, Abbott George Burke, founder and director of the Light of the Spirit Monastery in Cedar Crest, New Mexico, United States. And he has a website, ocoy.org, where you can find some fantastic information. But today we're lucky enough to be talking to him. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having me, Abbott George. I was reading your book, and it is titled "May a Christian Believe in Reincarnation?" And what a fascinating read! Now, I understand it took a, a couple of a couple of goes to. Uh, you say you had uh, lemons, called for more lemonade. Do you want to just quickly tell us a backstory about this?
1: Uh, uh-huh. Goodness gracious, I'm blank. I can't remember what it was about.
0: Oh, no, but there's, the, you were trying to write it a few times, and uh, and it would not work because it wasn't saved, and then you tried again, and you were being really positive because there was no hard copy, and the, the, it printed up in uh, gibberish, and you had a few oh, issues. Sorry,
1: I was, <laughs> we were talking about something to do with, with uh, the subject of reincarnation. Yes, that was awful. I had this, uh, one of the very first kind of... Uh, PCs. It was called a Franklin Ace. Mm. And it was really, you know, what we call a dinosaur. And uh, even though I had one of those things that were called dot matrix printers, uh, I didn't have enough sense to print out uh, what I do every day. So instead, you know, this was a thing, remember the old, days? you put in the program disc and then you put in the floppy disc and you did all this. So anyway, I, uh, what had happened was that uh, uh, an Eastern Orthodox priest who himself had for several years done research into past life recall uh, called us one day at our monastery and said, Listen, I'm going to be interviewed on the radio, I mean, after the radio, television, and uh, it's about the subject of Christianity and reincarnation, and can you gather information for me? about about Reincarnation and and Christian Belief. Mm. So we said, sure, and I mean, we spent, oh, I don't know, it was days, gathered all this material. Then when the time came and he did the broadcast, we were shocked. He said, oh no, Christians can't believe in Reincarnation. And he believed in it. But he was so afraid of the prevailing ideas that uh, he he knuckled under and did this. And I thought, oh, gosh, all this trouble and everything we went through. And I thought, no, I'll take this information. I'll I'll put it in the book. So uh, I had, as they say, an old Franklin ace. So I typed in the whole book. And then it was, of course, every time at the end of each day's work I would do a save, So it was final, I thought, boy, it's over, and I clicked save, and it just threw, it It just made uh, a mess out of everything. It threw it all over the disc, and it was irretrievable. And I thought, oh, no. So I did it again, and (laughs) it happened the same way. The final thing, it threw it all over the disc. And I sat there, and I thought, well, all right. <laughs> and I did it the third time. I cried the third time. Yeah. <laughs> they say third time's a charm. <laughs> well, and I thought, I am not giving up. And so I did it the fourth time, and I did the save, and it got the same message. I thought, hey, what if this thing's lying to me? Yeah. And so I looked and my material was really already there but every time the book got better and better and I understood better the material so mm, everything oh, happens well. for a reason yeah so that so the book is the lemonade but
0: I just, I just want to interrupt. I just wanted to bring that up because it's a, real, um, it's a real show of persistence and perseverance, and to show people that, you know, there are often roadblocks and you just got to keep on going. If you believe in the message strong enough, just don't give up.
1: Sure. I mean, you know, Thomas Edison and trying to find a filament for a light bulb mm. is uh, exactly. a classic example of this. Just think he tried several hundred substances. And when people said, oh, you mean you tried all the time and you failed? He said, I didn't fail. Each time I found out what would not work as a filament for the light bulb. So you see, he, by the way, was a firm believer in reincarnation. In fact, uh, he he did a lot of research on that and was a, a very confirmed believer in it. A great scientist, but still. That didn't keep him from having enough imagination to realize that uh, just think, we, every one of us is this incredible unfolding drama that has lasted through the years. I mean, you know, each, we used to, sometimes, after all, people, you know, seem very uh, interesting, or, and we don't think, you know, we even say about a person, unfortunately, oh, they don't amount to much. And you realize that each person is this incredible saga of birth and death and birth and death and slow progress, and through each birth, I mean, each one of us is an incredible miracle. And that's and uh, too bad we don't respect ourselves and others for it.
0: Yeah, and that's what we want to talk about this afternoon. Just what do we mean by reincarnation? I suppose <clears throat> most people understand it, but we really haven't delved into what this really means. And I was reading your book, and on page two it says, trans Transmigration of Souls. Soul maintains consciousness of its personality. But it can be quite complicated. Can you explain to the listener what it is?
1: Well, of course, we should think about the why. And the first part of the why is... Uh, Why is there a world? Why is there a universe? And uh, people who delved into these things, people who dedicated their lives to this uh, thousands and thousands of years ago, tens of thousands of years ago, and uh, they came to the conclusion the purpose is evolution of consciousness. That we're born over and over. It's like going to school. If you enroll in a school, like when we're children, it's been decided there's a curriculum, and you have to learn certain things. And when you learn them and you have the examinations, you prove you've learned them, then you go from one grade to another grade, one level to another level, and eventually you graduate. But that's what life is it's a great school. And, of course, if you don't pass, you take the grade over again, and this happens to us. Unfortunately, we're really all in the habit of uh, <laughs> uh, kind of failing a lot, and well, we've got to do it again, we have to do it again. and that's why, for example, we meet people, we feel an instant rapport with them. Our other people, mm-hmm. we meet them when we think. Oh, no, I, I don't want to have much to do with this person. Well, we better pay attention, because that means we've known them before, we didn't get along before, perhaps we made each other miserable before, and therefore uh, we're meeting them again because we've got to learn to get along. Wow, and yes, and You can't just shove it away, and that's not an easy thing to do. And we, we all experience it. Mm. You know, sometimes people... People fall in love, they get married and all their friends say, what do they see in each other? Mm. Well, often it isn't that they see anything, it's they intuit that they've had a profound relationship in a previous life. Wow. And that, you know, this is, they're not new to each other, and just as they were a part of one another's life previously, now they're ready to take up uh, the, the thread again. And this has so much to do with in every area of our life, what we like, what we dislike, what we have an ambition for. Uh, this is all determined by the impressions that are not in the brain, in the, in the conscious mind, but are deep in the subconscious mind. And we're all living out those things, and we have to learn, well, I could just stop at that the sentence we all have to learn and if we don't learn back we come again and uh, sometimes we we come across people that that's a major thing in our life we learn to finally understand them uh, value them and, uh, and then we get to pass on to other lessons and a lot of people get stuck and my father, you know children naturally believe in reincarnation. They often talk about it, and their parents say, oh, keep quiet. Don't don't talk nonsense. But uh, one time my grandfather did something my dad didn't like at all, and my dad was really unhappy, and as children often do, he started to cry, and he just ran out of the house. Hmm. So after a while, one of his sisters thought, well, we better go see where he is, what's he doing? And so she went and she found him actually just sitting out alone and talking to himself. And she heard him say, just wait till I'm the daddy and he's the little boy. Then he'll Mm -hmm. find out what it's like. So there he had this intuition that we even switch roles. Mm -hmm. Sometimes this life's parent was past life's child. Wow. So... it's a very complex thing, but it shows that we have to look at a situation and say, what do I need to learn? Because often you people can try to run away from a situation, but you have to say, what is there for me in this to learn? And it's not easy because we have kind of an instinctual reaction. But, you know, in fact, there was a great French philosopher, who said, there's two kinds of human beings, those that are rational and those that are instinctual. And only the rational pizza people really manage their life well. Really? And so you have to not just say, I don't like it, I'm dropping it, I'm going away. We have to say, no, what do I have to do here? And uh, it's not easy if you're dealing with a really unpleasant person. And they I have a past life. Uh, connection with so uh, there it is it's all learn and move on
0: that's interesting. And, and what about pain, though? Because a lot of people that experience pain, some people are in this too much pain, ongoing pain. Some people are in the school have thought that it's karma. Other people think, oh, no, I'm just evolving as a soul. It's lessons. Or others think they've done something wrong. You know, that's a big thing also. I think we taught that from young children. When we do something wrong, we get a slap on the wrist and we get punished Hello? in the corner. Abbott George, Hello? can you... Yes, Abbott George, can you hear me okay? Let's just go to a quick break. We seem to have uh, lost Abbott George there. We'll be back shortly. Time is 4.35. You tuned into to PBAFM on 89.7 with Bianca. And I've got my guest back on the line, Abbott George.
1: Yes, here I am, I
0: hope. <laughs> it's all good. See, we have hiccups left, right and centre in life. <laughs>
1: yes, well, again, it, it does happen. It is really true again with reincarnation. We say if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Um it is that isn't just advice, that's a rule. And we're gonna have to try, try again. <laughs>
0: quite quite timely this uh, uh, button issue and ringing back but uh, let's let me just go back to my previous point I was saying about uh, pain and when people experience pain and suffering sometimes people say uh, are in the school of thought okay that maybe that person you know needs to go through that suffering it's okay they need to evolve they haven't learned the lesson so it's going to keep coming back and then other people say well they must have done something really bad to be suffering it's a sort of like karma and I think we get that also from from our childhood when we're young and we do something wrong, we get a slap on the wrist, we're sent in the corner, uh, you, you don't get dinner, let's say that's just being extreme, just to make the point. But I think we take that into adulthood too, to the extreme that sometimes when bad things happen to us as adults, we think, well, what did I do wrong? Am I bad? Have I done something wrong? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, you see, uh, of course, along with reincarnation, there's the, uh, it's, it's twin, is the belief, of course, in karma. That for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction, and it's a response. Mm. And uh, we often uh, put some kind of a judgment on that, like, I'm being punished, or I'm being rewarded. But that isn't it. It's just simple reaction. The universe is alive. The whole cosmos is alive. We say sometimes, Dead matter. Oh, that's completely wrong. There is no dead matter. It's absolutely living. Now it may be inert as far as you know our experience goes. So it's so complicated because sometimes a so called misfortune <laughs> like the problems I had with my computer mm. leads you to something better. So actually it's a blessing. You yeah. can say, Oh my God, what a curse. Actually, It it takes you somewhere else. True. And very interestingly, I once saw a television interview with four people whose ears in uh, a Japanese concentration camp and then later a jail, actually a formal jail, uh, during World War II. And it was really horrible. But every single one of those people said... I give thanks to God it happened. It actually made me a much better person, and I would never, never want had that not happened. If someone said to me, you can have it changed, and that won't have been your experience, I'd say, no, I uh, I realize it helped me. See, in that song, Nearer My God to Thee, it says, even though it is that raises me. And one of the first things I had to realize when I came to understand about reincarnation, because let's face it, we're all uh, very ego about We like to say to other people, well, you've got karma, but I don't. Mm-hmm. It isn't true. And there was one particular person who had been the bane of my life and actually caused me tremendous suffering for seven long years. Uh, it's, I don't want to go into mm-hmm. but it, but it was really a bad situation. And so, when I and understand, there isn't just reincarnation, there's karma, and I remember looking at that person and thinking, well, they are one of the crosses that raised me. Mm-hmm. In reality, they wow. benefited me, Jay. and you know something, Bianca? when I had this view and understanding, that friend, that person and I came to love each other deeply. Ja, wow and, and, and we were, I mean, really, really uh, we, we, it was amazing, and, and that person who by the way, was universally nasty to everybody, more than nasty really cruel. In later years, said we just can't believe the change. This is just like a whole other person. So it's very interesting that if if we will change, we can open a door for people that have a close association with us to change. And you see, forgiveness is a healing thing. There's there's no way around it. How do we so a ha- lot of sorry, so. This is it. Again, when we're in a situation, of course, when it's miserable, and I mean it can be agonizing, um, we're all emotional about it. And so we just can't look at it and say, all right, there's something here, and it has a meaning. There is a reason. And sometimes we do need to realize that, well, all right, I'm experiencing the disappointment of someone being very, very selfish. Mm. And... That's because I was selfish in the previous life. I'm not being punished, but a mirror is being held up. And, you know, sometimes we say that to people. Well, how do you like it when uh, something reacts? And I'm sorry, but I won't push the button.
0: (laughs) I was going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) So
1: so you see, the thing is, again, we have to be rational people. That's not easy. And and realize there is is a purpose. There is a meaning. Yeah, uh, sometimes people can have them. Well, I, th- I think uh, maybe I cited once you know the an incident about uh, the, the man in India actually who, who he had something happen to him and he was had this injury, really a bad injury, and he was saying, you well, poor me, and on top of everything else. But then the thing was, for this gang of that would actually uh, kidnap people and sacrifice them in their religion, you know, to their deity. Mm. And uh, they caught him, but then they let him go because he said, Well, look, he's, you know, he's uh, cut and he's been bleeding and he's not a fit offering for the gods. So uh, later on he thought, Boy, am I glad I had that injury. <laughs> so, you know, it, you know, it's like a step. You can fall down a step, or you can walk up it. Mm. Just... And uh, it's, it's our choice. I think one of the things about karma and reincarnation, we have to remember, people act like they're helpless. You hear it a lot in India. Oh, it's my karma. It's my karma. Well, it's just my karma. As if it's utterly f- fatalistic. But if we created the karma, we can um, transmute that karma, by counteracting it by positive action. You see, it's not like, oh, it has to be. It's like, will we let it be, or will we change it? Mm -hmm. You know, if somebody throws something at us, we can just stand there with our mouth open and let it hit us, or we can jump out of the way. And so we can do that with our own lives. So we think, how will I turn this around? And we have the power to turn it Around, I think this is just think we are immortal beings. We can endure anything. We could, we could be killed. We could be, you know, we could be tortured to death. We can drown. We can burn up in a fire, and then we come back. Benjamin Franklin put that on his tombstone uh, because he believed in reincarnation, and so he wrote, uh, "I hope to." Be reissued
0: in a better edition. Mm. <laughs> I just want to uh, bring up that point again, touching back to um, forgiveness, because I know that's a common thread in in uh, human existence, and it's it's great to chat about it. But some a listener or some listeners might be thinking, okay, w- you know, people are often easy and quick to defend their situation and their pain because let's face it life is challenging at times and difficult for many and people have a story and have a journey and there's been a lot of pain and suffering so when that person is doing their best and they come across someone who who is perhaps very um you know uh cruel how how do they get in that space in that moment um to to show forgiveness and and love, and unconditional love. Is it just the first steps just to breathe and be aware of all of this that we're talking about? But how do they, you're just a pointer to the listener if they're asking that question.
1: Well, well of course, it's a lot easier to say than to do. Mm. Uh, I think part of it is we have to have the ability to stop, be silent, and be inwardly aware. A lot of people, you know, they got to have music going on all Mm -hmm. the time or this and that to distract them because they they can't stand silence because it starts making them aware of what's in their mind and they don't like what's in their mind. And so one of the things is introspection. Actually, meditation is very important. I mean, really, to learn to have a time of day because then you learn more, you know, you, you... You meditate, and you make your mind increasingly objective. And then you can separate yourself from it. And again, I'm just not blabbing a philosophy. Uh, I'm talking about dealing with, uh, you know, terrible grief, a lot of misfortune. I mean, uh, again, there are people they like to brag about what a miserable life they Mm. have. But, Bianca, there were people who said to me, we never thought you would live to be an adult because of some of the situations I was in. Really? It wasn't just that I didn't like it. There were people who said, uh, we never thought you'd survive it. Right. So, you know, it was really, really tough. A lot of people can say, well, you had yeah, it easy you to say, oh, the world is filled with roses and so on. Mm. In fact, there was a, um, a man who... Uh, Uh, experienced a lot of the miseries of India, which, believe me, uh, (laughs) has a lot of miseries, and really did in his time, uh, in the last century. And uh, he wrote, uh, he'd been a theological student, so he wrote an essay called uh, Theology at 73 Degrees and at 123 Degrees. (laughs) (laughs) How, when he was... When he was in Europe, he lived in Vienna, and uh, he went to a theological seminary, and it had air conditioning, and it was comfort. And so he said we'd sit in the library, and we'd write little essays, oh, God is good and wonderful, and it all has a marvelous purpose, and it's all, you know, fine, fine, fine. Then he went to India, found out what it was to get really sick in many ways, and one time when it was 123, and I've been in 125 degree in New Delhi. Mm. Um, And uh, a beggar was literally dying in the street outside his window and starting to drown because he rolled into a a puddle. There had been rain. He rolled into a puddle, a big puddle of water, and started breathing the water. And uh, he thought, okay. Now we find out whether I believe it's all good and it's all a plan and so on. So uh, it, it, it's something we've got to see. We've got to, rather than say see-through, we have to see into it. And it isn't easy. We ha- if, if we can't stop and say, now let's really take a look. You know, you need to pray. God happens to be a reality. There's many ways a person could pray. Whatever it is, that's one of the ways. And in just saying, why God? That's just a complaint. That's not a prayer. Or that's, yeah. that's a command to God. But um, there is a sense to it. And we can learn to make sense of it. When I was a little kid, I remember <clears throat> hearing people sing in church a song that said, Someday he'll make it plain to me. Well, this is just, this is just childish emotional talk to say, all right, I'll just grin, and I'll just grip my teeth, and one day God will say, well, this is why it all happened. You you and I have in us the ability to discover the why, and part of the purpose of of misery is to get us to discover it, because this isn't just happening to our body. Yeah. This is just not some kind of social uh, phenomenon. This is a a psychic and spiritual phenomenon. Again, like I say, we're seeing our own face. Like sometimes people have a situation where people gossip about them. They lie about them. Sometimes they get their reputation ruined. Well, they do have to say, I'm not being punished. But I did this in a previous life to people, and now it's happening to me, and... I'm learn, and I can learn from it and realize this shouldn't be done again. I mean, Bianca, I've known people, I've known people like there'd be some people, they'd have this really bad experience, especially in childhood, because we're so helpless as children. And they just became uh, selfish people, actually, and whining, complaining people. And like a poor little me. And they had no compassion for other people at all. They were too busy saying, I've had a tough time in life. And I've known people in an identical situation that they would go through it, and when that happened, at the end, they understood what it was like, and therefore they had compassion for for other people who were suffering, and they would try to help other people who were suffering. That's right. So you see... It's, uh, and the suffering
0: it, continues when we see uh, you know, people are this way inclined and, and they've uh, got, had a lot of negative experiences and they're very angry and they um, show a lot of angst and, and nastiness towards others. I think they're just uh, creating more pain for themselves for being cruel to others. They're just uh, continuing the painful cycle from themselves. It's not that hard to be nice. It's not that hard to smile. I mean, everyone's got pain. We just get on with it.
1: That's really true. In fact, it's interesting how you say it that way because uh, uh, a really good friend of mine is sitting right here listening, and just, I think it was yesterday, I talked to her about this very thing. There are people who like to say, this happened to me, and they brood on it, and they also want to make an excuse for the fact that uh, they're not taking risks. They're not being responsible people i met a man, you know, I've known people, they have got a list. It's like they've kind of got a recording in their head. When they meet a person, they'll say, oh, this happened to me, and then that happened to me, and then that happened to me. I've I've met people that it's interesting. Their whole story of their life is all these people let me down. All these people failed me. Mm. And, uh, they should think, well, what does that say? What does that tell me? You know? And, uh, and this is it. Of course. Uh, we're going to live on. We're going to live forever. And uh, we do live forever. And uh, our little our stories develop, you know, over and over again. And, uh, but again, you've got to learn to be objective. And, you know, Bianca, that, too, is evolution. Mm. You know? Like, think of children. You could say, I... I, one time, was at a restaurant.
0: Abbott George, can you just hold that thought and, and don't forget that story because we need to go to a quick break. Do you mind holding?
1: Okay, not at all.
0: You tuned into PBAFM on eighty-nine point seven with Bianca Vlahos and I've got my guest on the line from Cedar Crest, New Mexico, Abbot George Burke, founder and director of the Light of the Spirit Monastery, and he's written a book, May a Christian Believe in Reincarnation? And you can visit his website, which is OCOY dot and his books are available on Amazon, some in Kindle format. And Abbot George, are some available how how else can we get the books?
1: Well, it basically is that through Amazon, um, we a person can go and uh, uh, just simply, you know, they write down, put in Abba George Burke, and see what they get as far as authors. So uh, wherever Amazon is, even outside the U.S., uh, the books are available.
0: Okay, so hard copy uh, as well, yep, and Kindle.
1: Yeah. So, uh, so as well, we I was saying
0: before we went to the break, you were, you were saying a story about children.
1: Yes, well, see, with children, um, of course, let's remember this about children. This is valuable. I learned this from uh, a disciple of Paramahansa Yogananda. He said, oftentimes, adults get very uh, impatient with children because the children will cry about something. They'll want something. And they say, you can't have it. And they cry. And uh, he said, we have to realize that in between our earthly incarnations, we live in a kind of more spiritual, or what's called the astral world. And in the astral world, um, if you want something, you can get it. You just think. Because, again, those worlds are really a mirror of your mind, and you think of an object and it just appears. And they're used to getting everything they want. He also said they'll cry in an exaggerated manner, say if they just fall down, they hurt themselves. But he said in those worlds, if you fell off, of, off a mountain <laughs> and fell a mile and hit the ground, he said it would just be fun. You uh, you wouldn't feel any pain. So we're shocked by it. And sometimes also uh, we remember, oh, no, I've come back to the I've come back to I've come back to this kind of world. I had a very good friend whose father told me that when she was only two years old, he came in and found her sitting on the floor crying. And he said, well, what's wrong, Martha? And she looked at him and she said, I can't fly. Mm. And he said, what do you mean? She says, well, I want to fly. I'm sitting here. I'm trying to fly. and I can't fly so fortunately this man had understanding and he explained you came here from another world and in that world you could fly because again whatever is if you put in your mind you see the fulfillment of it and that is of course also of course for learning that's my parenthetical uh... statement and so when he was through finishing Martha said well it's a dumb world where I can't fly and he said, you know, I often think the same thing, but we're here, and we've got to make the best of it. <laughs> oh, that's so hard. anyway, I was remember I was at a restaurant, and uh, uh, this little boy, they had, they had these big cookies you could have. It was one of these all-you-can-eat kind of places. And he said, I want one of those cookies to take home. And father said, "Well, no, you can't do that. Uh, you could, you can't take food from here. You, you just have to eat it here." And little kid started crying. And of course, an observer would say, "Well, you know what? A bad-tempered, selfish little kid." But the thing is that uh, he suddenly was realizing, or he was remembering, there was a time where he could have a cookie anytime he wanted it. And so again, see. Uh, you know, we often say to people, oh, grow up. Mm. And, and that's a real problem, Bianca. I think the vast majority of the human race are not adults. You know, the body can develop and appear to be an adult, but most negative patterns in human behavior, if we look at it, are utterly childish. Now, the problem is when you're adult, you can do a lot more than a child, and you can be much more destructive than a child. But children often do get mad and break things. Well, then you have, some, you have adults, and they may even have uh, influence and uh, you know, very power of any kind, money, political influence, and they go around breaking things. You know, we're seeing this in North Korea, aren't we? Oh, it's
0: horrific, uh, isn't it?
1: Yeah, we, we see things where other children are running entire countries. I mean, if you want an example of a child and ridiculously exaggerated tantrums, Adolf Hitler is the number one example. And he couldn't take any criticism, and especially he couldn't take any humor. Uh, I don't know if... Uh, have you ever heard the song... Uh, Their Fuhrer's Face? No. Okay, well, it was a satirical song made during World War II. In fact, I think, didn't Walt Disney make a cartoon with it? Yes. And it's a song that says, you know, when their Fuhrer says we are a master race, we all yell, heil, heil, back in their Fuhrer's face. And it goes on and on. And and, uh, when he heard that, He fell on the floor and began screaming and kicking and crying, and he had a tantrum that lasted six hours. Can you imagine that? No. So, the problem is that we've got a lot of children running the world. Yeah. (coughs) So, uh, again, the thing is, it's good to look, it's easy to look at them and say, Well, I'll look at them, but then. You know, Bianca, a lot of people, you understand, uh, sorry to be uh, stopping and going, okay, think of it this way. Oftentimes, we see a thing, especially now with the internet, we can do internet shopping, and we say, yes, I want one of those things, and we order, and it comes, and it isn't what we thought it'd be, we don't want it at all. Well, we go say, oh God, why did you let this happen to me? Mm. (laughs) Yep. Or, or who in my life is responsible. Uh, you ordered something, you wanted you what you needed, okay, now you found it out. Well, see, we have, in previous lives, put in a lot of orders, so to speak, and now it's arising back. Now the the postman of karma is delivering it back, mm-hmm. you, know? you know? It's like, again, I, I can't remember if we spoke about this in previous ones, you know, there was a story, very current, uh, in the earlier times in America, in the 19th century and early 20th. I grew up with it. People used to have stories they told kids to give them an idea about how to behave, and there was the one about the little boy that went to visit someone who lived in a valley, and there was very, there was an echo there. And anyway, he went out to play, and when he came back in, he said, there's a really bad little boy that lives across the valley. And, uh, of course, nobody lived across the valley, and uh, the people said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, he called me all kinds of names. He said terrible things to me. And then, of course, they realized what he had done is he'd just been yelling or something, you know, on play, and it sounded to him like another little boy answered from across. So he started to try to talk to him, but the little boy only repeated what he said and then he got mad mm. and you know, he called him insulting things and the voice came back. Mm-hmm. So when he said, They called me these bad things, they knew that he had first said those things. Mm. A lot of times when people say, Oh, they did this to me, they did that to me Well, they're just telling us you know, they often had a bid for sympathy, and, well, they should have sympathy because they don't understand. But they're also, in a sense, confessing to us. I met an extremely negative person. He, everywhere he went, he just spread. It was like he had a black cloud, and he just spread it out everywhere. But if you talked to him, he'd say, uh, my mother abandoned my brother and I when I was only nine years old in a homeless shelter in New York City. And I was this, and they put me in a foster home, and then this happened to me. And he had all this long chain of bad people, bad people, mean people. And, you know, Bianca, he was really a mean person. Mm. And what he didn't realize was he needed to go look in the mirror and say, hey, you did this. I mean, it's hard to take responsibility. Children don't want responsibility. And uh, it's very hard to be a real adult and say, okay, I own up to it. Uh, I did it. In fact, it's very interesting talking about people, children, understanding reincarnation. Uh, I was told that when I was really, really small, and I guess you can tell by the way I can uh, talk on and on, I began speaking <laughs> very, very early as a child. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, uh, when I was would be sick, I would slap my arm and say to myself, bad boy. Yeah. And, uh, I think it uh, was an indication that I understood I'm sick because this is my karma, and I created my karma. So, bad boy, if mm-hmm. I don't like it, because it's so easy to say, you did this to me, you yeah. did this to me, but how were you able to do this to me? You you know, Jesus said to Pilate, you could have no power over me if it wasn't given you from above. And and that that's the truth. There is a law in the universe about karma. Mm. So I in the life, I steal. I say, I'm smart, these people are stupid. They just work, but I don't have to work. I just go in, I shoplift, I do this or that, I break into people's houses, I take what they want, and I'm really clever. And then we come back, and guess what? Our houses always keep getting broken mm. into. Or yeah. we have a business, and people start stealing this stuff that we're selling. And uh, again, it's not, it's not punishment, it's just response, it's the echo. Yes. And there you are, it's like a piano. If you're really a gifted musician, you make beautiful music. If you don't know how to play at all, you just bang on the keys and you make racket. Or if you're a really pretty poor person, uh, <laughs> a pretty poor musician, you make you still make racket. I think I've, yeah. I've heard of a lot of racket on <laughs> producing musical instruments. So you see... The whole thing is us. We write the script, and then or we make a contract. You know, there are people that get loans, and then they can't pay it back. And, man, it's the bane of their life. I mean, I've known people who have suffered horribly because it's a, a terrible experience to, to be in debt. But they made the debt. And we talk about karming debts. Oftentimes people come into our life that we owe them from a previous life. We either owe them compensation for mistreatment or they helped us in the previous life and we 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 it's pay, it's payback time in that sense in a positive thing and we have to do it. I in my own experience I have found that I have met people that in a previous life caused me tremendous suffering. And in this life I was able to benefit them. Mm.
0: Can I just that was an
1: interesting way too? I found because, but this again, again in the previous life, why were they so horrible to me? Because in the previous life, I had been horrible. Mm. Therefore, in this life, by being positive to them, it. Uh, I, I met a, I met. I met an alcoholic and a drug addict, and uh, who had caused me living hell. I remembered. It's a previous life. And then when I met this man I realized, my God, this is this is the one. Do you know it was really interesting. He was homeless at that time. And I let him stay with me. We talked a lot. He was very intelligent. We talked a lot about spiritual things. And Bianca in one week he no longer took drugs or drank alcohol. And I mean he was an alcoholic. So he was cured. Mm. I realized that's why he was brought into my orbit in other words instead of saying you were really rotten to me so I'm going to be rotten to you Mm. I realized you're in a bad situation, you need rescuing and fortunately he was rescuable so this is it too, you know a lot of philanthropic people, wonderful people like Mahatma Gandhi or Albert Schweitzer uh people who dedicate their life for benefiting others, yeah. uh, they're genuinely good people. But they're also paying back the karmic debts that they have incurred. Mm. You know, sometimes someone like, someone like Genghis Khan, you know, people like that, of the Hun, they cause the deaths of thousands of people. So sometimes these people may come back and again, it doesn't mean we don't give credit to these people that benefit humanity, but they can come back, and what they do is they do medical research, and they find a cure for a disease and be or a prevention of the disease, and because of them, thousands of people don't die. Mm. And that is their compensation for negative karma.
0: That's right.
1: I mean, I really do wonder about some people, again, like Adolf Hitler, as you think, how will the karma be paid off? Mm. How will they compensate? you know because having done such millions of people dying uh so horribly so and you know what they did was evil, but you know, we ought to realize that uh, we are also liable to these to these things we can say. I would never do that. Well, guess what? We usually have already done it in quite a few lives. You know, remembering past lives, uh, which can happen spontaneously. We could even have a whole conversation on that, couldn't we?
0: Oh, it could be ongoing. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, But remembering, you sometimes, I remember one time um, I was in Hawaii, and... uh, I've been uh, take, I've been invited there to give a, a series of classes on alternative medicine, drugless therapies. But at the same time, I, I, I was staying in this one place, and uh, somebody wanted uh, kind of a program on about reincarnation. So I said fine, and some people came, and there's uh, uh, so we talked about this. And, uh, memories, and there are certain things a person can do to open up the subconscious and see previous lives. That's a whole other subject. And, of course, but anyway, I said, why don't we go through the process? Well, I talked them through the process, but I kind of, it turned out I went with along with them. And so, at one point, they were sitting there because they were silently remembering, and by the way, they all did remember, Suddenly, I was in a previous life, and I was a mercenary soldier. And I was sitting across. I was one of these people who liked to go out every night and have a brawl and fight people. And I liked, I liked running them through with the sword. Horrible thought, but it's true. And I was sitting across from a man, and I was thinking how I was going to provoke him so that he would want to fight and how I would enjoy pushing my sword right through him. And, you know, in this life, uh, Bianca, I was born a real pacifist. When Mm -hmm. I was a little kid, if other kids even hit me, I would not hit back. And so I could say, I'm really a good person, even as a child. I was a pacifist, and and I, you know, but guess what? Go back a few hundred years. And uh, I was thinking, boy, it sure is fun to take a sword and just cut people up. Horrible. Interesting. So sometimes it's nice if you say, oh, yes, I remember it. I was the pharaoh of Egypt. Yeah. Or, oh, yes, 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 I remember, you know, I was great. I was Columbus. I discovered America. Yeah. A lot of people, when they think they have past life, remember that's the memories. Yeah, people do That's remember. So, I've yeah. often
0: heard people say that they traveled to Italy, for example, and were sitting in a castle at the head of the table where the king sat hundreds of years ago, and they felt their life there. They could imagine their life there. They felt like they'd lived there or been there. You hear people say that.
1: Well, and of course sometimes it's true, hmm. because there have been uh, somebody, somebody has to have had past lives as kings and, and rulers. I remember one life, Uh, which I was very, very rich and very, very powerful. And as a result, I lived completely barricaded away from anyone because there were a lot of people who wanted to assassinate me. And literally where I lived, I lived on about a third- or fourth-story building, and there were about half a dozen uh, doors, As you would go down the stairs with guards on both sides, that I had to hire uh, because there were so many people that I taken advantage of that uh, they wanted to work mayhem on me.
0: How can people find out their past lives if they're interested?
1: Why don't, should we do a, Why don't we leave that for another session? I'm quite serious because.
0: That's a really complex thing. Oh, okay, sure. we can do it. Yeah, no worries, because we have to... There's another program coming in shortly, so I have to tie up the conversation. But thank you so much. So your website's ocoy.org. dot org, And and any other last words to our listener?
1: Well, uh, you can't die, so just keep on living consciously.
0: Very good, very good. Thank you so much for joining
1: Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it, as always, in talking with you.
0: Wonderful. Until next time. I think this was part five of our chats. I
1: think so. Yeah, I think so.
0: Hmm. Okay, well, until right. until next time, be well. Yes,
1: until next time. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.
0: Bye-bye.